again. Here we are again, Rogue Table Talks, number 22, Double Deuce. The Double Deuce, Deuce Deuce, the Rogue Table Talks. Yes. <laughs> we just repeat it over and over again. Right. 22, Jesus Unexpected. Chad and Mike. Come on. Yes. So we're going to talk about our Jesus Unexpected series uh, entry. Uh, this week is going to be on Jesus on Judgment. Don't be judgy. Don't be so judgy. Why are you so judgy? Uh, sounded judgy. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Yeah, and so the the we talked a little bit about a fair bit about the Sermon on the Mount um, last week, and we're going to look at a different part of the Sermon on the Mount uh, this week. And as we as we are finding, there's lots of unexpected things. Uh, Jesus saying lots of unexpected things in the Sermon on the Mount, and so in Matthew seven one and two. Uh, he says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, and so I thought it would be interesting for us to sort of talk a little bit about uh, how our culture has maybe evolved or um, how it has looked at judgment and judgmentalism uh, over the years and you know that you go back to the Puritans and it was very um, uh, legalistic you know rules based the culture was one of pretty rigid pretty rigid like this is one there's one picture uh, by which this is what Christians should look like this is the picture by which we should live um, and so I'm pretty monocultural thing you know that's the sort of I'm putting the the scarlet letter sort of in that same uh, genre of if you you know to com- it was considered culturally uh, you know shameful in the extreme uh, to be to commit adultery so much that you walked around with this letter a on you that identified you can just think how a ju- <laughs> yeah, think how out you're of control, done. Think how out of control that is. And you're done. Uh, and so pretty. This showing my ignorance maybe a little bit, but is this where uh, kind of the witch hunts is similar type of uh, place in history? It's a similar place in history. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is something in there that's yeah, something a little bit out of the box gets called you know witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people would be. Um, a little unsettled with our current moment culturally, probably. Sure, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair to say. Uh, but then you look at other periods in our history, um, you know, the temperance movement uh, that led to a- uh, uh, abolition of uh, uh, prohibition of alcohol. Um, that that was same sort of, not that that's not saying anything about alcohol, good or bad, but there's this cultural movement in which, you know, we need to judge something as you know wrong and prohibit it um we talked we talked in the past about you know growing up uh if you grew up in the church and you're of a certain age you experience some sort of the separate from the world sort of you judge the world as wrong bad evil you know rock and roll music and you know playing cards and smoking and, and drinking and dancing and so on and so on and so on um and that wasn't that long ago and then you know, it seems like it wasn't very long ago. Uh, you know, I would say for the bulk of my lifetime, the culture moved, was moving more away from that. A larger culture was moving more away from that and more to a, 
hey, live and let live. Mm -hmm. You know, you do you, do your own thing. Uh, Judge not and you will not be judged was sort of the, I mean, if there was a favorite cultural yeah, who verse. am I to judge? It's not my to, business. It's right. your life, not mine. Right. And, and you know, that might often be used as a retort against judgmental Christians. Like, right. you know, you, you have your choices. I'll have my choices. Who are you to tell me what I should or shouldn't do sort of a thing? I think this was, judge not lest you be judged, uh, was one of the most well-known uh, Bible verses. It was, right, uh, in the culture. In the right. culture. They could quote one thing Jesus said. It was yeah, that. Jesus said, don't judge me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, which is interesting. So moving away from rules and puritanicalism and prohibition and all that stuff and, and you know, a separate sort of culture, culture war sort of view, uh, the culture then going all the way over to do your own thing, live and let live, judge not. And then now it seems like in the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years, maybe not that much longer than that, we've moved, we've, we have sort of a secular judgmentalism, yeah. right? We have an, this outrage culture, this public shaming culture, this cancel culture, where if you've done something, somebody can find something you did wrong, and it might be decades ago then we shame you, outrage, yeah. whatever. It's, you know, to be non-judgmental uh, in those circumstances is seen as wrong, right? If you're not right. jumping on, then I guess you're okay with whatever it is they did. Yeah, and and so you, you, it seems like uh, there's that shift from the circles of judgment uh, from the religious to irreligious uh, yeah. or non-religious. Right. And now... There's just circles all over the place, yeah. secular judgment, uh, and I would say still religion, church plays roles in that. Um, church is also highly judged now. Yeah. Um, but I do think you're right. It, it's almost an unfortunate way of thinking to uh, say, I'm for this, or I stand on that uh, stance, doesn't make me automatically against the other thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but that, but that seems to be the hyperpolarization right. of the culture. That is the culture movement. It's either this or that. There's no nuance. There's no room for. I can be for this, but that doesn't mean I'm against all those people. Right. Yeah, and I think there's. It's an interesting. I don't really know. It almost. It almost seems to be that we, we want to have some level of judgmentalism, even if we're not. You know, it's not a Christian thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. You know, it's not a Christian thing or a Muslim thing or a Jewish thing. It's a secular thing. It's, yeah. it's a thing. It's where a human heart it's thing. It's a human yeah. heart thing that we want to be able to look at them and say wrong, bad, uh, whatever, it, in almost as a way of, you know, uh, identifying us as in opposition. to. It's really not about them. It's about a yeah. statement that I'm in opposition of the badness. Yeah. I, I, I'm vaguely remembering um, a book I was reading, and um, it, it reminds me that does, that it has nothing to do with the other party. Mm -hmm. It's basically like this, this fragile, immature ego needs an enemy. Yeah. needs somebody to be against because it props me up right. and it makes me feel less insecure, more powerful, more right. Um, it kind of is this protection against 
feeling vulnerable right or like the culture like you talk a lot about the culture's lost the meta narrative so we don't we don't have this cohesion that kind of binds us uh in an identity anymore Mm -hmm. in the west here Mm -hmm. uh, christian wise and so we're looking for something but we're we realize we're standing on sand Mm -hmm. and we can't handle it Mm -hmm. and so i need that enemy to prop myself up Mm um man yeah and i need the enemy to align myself with the people opposed to the enemy because that's now my people and my tribe it almost feels like a you know like a uh uh, elementary school or a middle school sort of thing where the bullying of the kid is really not about the kid. No. Right. It's about, I want to be stronger. I want to be whatever I want to be. I want to feel good. I want to, uh, and you know, if you stop bullying that kid or that kid moves away, you're just, somebody's you going to find somebody. You'll right? find something. Right. It's really not about this. It's not like I'm in opposition to the characteristics that you're displaying. So I'm going to, that's not, it's not about that at all. Right. Um, and so I do wonder if that's, if it is a human heart thing, then I'm probably doing it at some level. Like, where is that? Right. Yeah. The assumption, I was thinking about this, the, uh, assumption, if I don't think that I can be judgmental or am judgmental, or if when we're talking about being judgy or judgmental or people are talking about it and that doesn't land anywhere with me then I'm probably in the thick of being judgmental. Right. I remember I, I worked uh, for a uh, 2007, 2010, small Presbyterian church in uh, West Texas. And the you scene- were gone? <laughs> Nobody noticed. <laughs> Nobody kidding. noticed. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah. It was a long vacation. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> Came wondered. back to Calvary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember... The first time I was really confronted with being judgmental was working for this senior pastor who was very gentle, very gracious. And I remember uh, he was also my boss. So we would meet once a week and I would say comments about either an individual or more just in general. And he would say, say that again, just say it less judgmental. And the first time he said that to me, I thought... (laughs) <laughs> who are you mm-hmm. forget you mm-hmm. so I started you say that again yeah. you say that less judgmental <laughs> right <laughs> and about the third fourth fifth time he says that to me i start to get it it starts to train me oh i didn't realize i was judgmental but i am mm-hmm. i am judgmental mm-hmm. and I, I i it was dawning on me how much judgment was coming out of my heart and uh, i think the tragedy too is like the impact of judgment upon someone upon someone else and upon myself i don't think love and judgment can coexist Mm -hmm. i mean right Right. maybe to some degree i just one one seems to counter the other yeah because when we say that in that context it's really condemnation right it's not making a judgment about something right that's really Obviously, Jesus is not saying that because then he invites a judgment in a few verses later. It's uh, the way that you judge others, you know, is really what he's talking about. Um, and yeah, obviously, if you're condemning, that sort of excludes being loving and gracious. Um, and in fact, you know, the what follows, don't judge or you will be judged. Uh, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Verse 3 is, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That seems to speak just exactly to what you were saying, that we're judgmental Mm -hmm. and we don't know it. And we don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like humility. Like you don't realize how much humility you lack. Hmm. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, we don't say to ourselves, well, that was kind of proud of me, or, you know, that lacked you. <laughs> right. When do you ever say that right. to yourself? No, you don't. You, know? you don't. <laughs> you don't. And it's because it's just so easy and so natural and so whatever. And, you know, you can make sort of condemning judgments about pe- somebody else. And it's not like you just it's just easy to do so easy to do that you feel like because you you might be right and you know you might be right right they might actually have something in their eye uh but so jesus isn't saying probably do right yeah jesus isn't saying you know don't judge just ignore everything you're probably wrong and they're going to be perfect he's you know that's not what he's saying at all he's saying your issues are huge yeah everybody's got something in their eye your issues are huge yeah you you probably shouldn't be looking at somebody else's issues yeah Um, and so what, so then what do we do with someone who is in need of some exhortation or Mm. maybe even rebuke or correction, all of these things that we're, uh, we're encouraged at times to do with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. What is, what is, what is the difference between that and don't judge or you too will be judged. Well, I have a thought and you, you probably can expound on it or add to it or whatever, but, uh, you know, we're, we're doing in our staff, we're doing kind of a crash course for Calvary culture. And right. what we just talked about yesterday was crucial conversations, the book right. crucial conversations. And, um, uh, from what I know written by unbelievers, uh, but the way that they handle dealing with hard conversations where there's high stakes and emotions and different viewpoints is really wise. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they say first is you have to start with the heart. That is, you have to know why you're going in there and what you want. What's going on. What's going on in your heart. Like, is it just angry? Is it just bitter? You just want to tell the person off? Okay, well, that seems to be in the realm of judgment. Right. As opposed to if you start with the heart and and, and I can tell you from my own heart, when I've anticipated a conversation and it's been from judgment and then I paused and it, you know, probably it's the grace of the Holy Spirit realized, okay, that's not loving. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not doing this from a place of love. I'm doing this from a place of, I want to tell this person where they're wrong or fix them or something. Yeah. But when I realize that and go to a place of, oh no, no. Okay actually care about them. I love them. I want what's best for them. The conversation may have similar language, but I'm telling you, it's coming from a completely different source and they'll know that. Yeah. They'll feel that. Right. Um, so I don't know, start with your heart. Like where, why are you, where are you coming from? Yes. I think that's, that is one of the differences between judgmentalism and a correction that might have a lot of the same words is, yeah, my, the spirit in which the stance in which the spirit in which I'm giving it, um, is it loving and, and, uh, for you, or is it just, you know, you're making me mad or, you know, you hurt me or, 
Um, I want to feel good about myself. And so I'm right and you're wrong because yeah, a lot of the same words can be, can, you know, can be heard in a lot of different ways and just what is, what is really going on? I think the tricky part is you have to be honest about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that right. is the tricky part. We want to speak the truth in love, brother. Yeah, You're speaking the truth I'm in just, love. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just speak. Uh, yeah, what is it? Uh, truth. What did Jesus say? It is, and then people use that in Ephesians. So like, I, that's just me. Yeah. I'm just truth teller. Right. That's right. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I just believe in the truth. Well, you know what's <laughs> what's funny is my my. Uh, so two thoughts. Spend. If this is true, this is one of my favorite word pictures that Jesus gives mm-hmm. in the sermon mm-hmm. is you have a two by four in your eye. Yeah. And you're pretty certain that you can see the speck in the other person's eye. Right. <laughs> and and I think there's another uh, way to put it in Luke but that we'll get to. Um, so take a lot of time for self-inventory. Right. Yeah. Do you need to talk to that person? Maybe you don't. Maybe it's a forgiveness issue and, you know, you you just need to reconcile that in your own heart. Mm-hmm. But maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Spend a lot of time on you. Spend a lot of time in prayer, mm-hmm. looking in the mirror, going, okay, um, maybe I've told myself a story that's not true. Right. Maybe I've made a lot of conclusions. Right. Um, and I need to go in there with really open hands, posture of humility, and be for them. Can I mm-hmm. be for them? and their potential. My, my wife sent me this definition of accountability the other day, and I thought it was one of the best I've heard. And it said, um, accountability is simply a, a reminding of the person of their best potential. Yeah. And I good. thought, Ooh, that changes the tone. Yeah. So that's very much for them. Um, yeah, I think that that's, you know, we want to, um, uh, go forward without really checking our own self. I think also, one of the things we might, as if we enter into a, a sort of, a, you know, I, I want to tell you something that, you know, you might not want to hear, but you need to hear sort of a thing. I might not check my heart, really, or be honest about what's, what, I, what I'm really doing. And I also might want to control the outcome. Like there's, I have one response in mind. Yeah. Like I want you to agree and then stop doing it or start or whatever it is. Instead of just saying, here's what I think. Here's for you, you know, you're God's child, you know, you have to, you know, you have to do what you have to do with this. Uh, it's not my place. Yes. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not your daddy. I'm not whatever. Yes. I'm just saying this for you. And then you have to do something with, I don't control the outcome. And I think we get offended if people say, yeah, you know what? Thanks for telling me that. But I, I'm not sure I totally agree. Completely. And we go, oh, what, what, what? You know, yeah. am I lying? Right. Right. That's a really good point because I think that's another level of humility mm-hmm. is I'm simply responsible if, if I get to this point of I need to have this conversation um, because this is all the context of relationship. Right. 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 This is all the context of relationship, whether it's social media stranger or family member or coworker. It's all in the context of relationship. Um, if I get to that point, it's another layer of humility to say, I'm, I, I can't control the outcome. I can't make them right. get it. Possibly I'm wrong. Yeah. It's possibly po- right. they don't, if they disagree, possibly they're right to disagree. I don't have to hold on to that. I here's faithfulness means I'm going to say this in love and yeah. walk away. Right. I mean, I don't remember ever doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to some extent, it's almost such a big event to tell somebody something. You're like, what, you're not going to do anything now? Yeah. 
You don't agree with we me You got now? so much riding on you the got, combo. You got a lot, yeah, yeah, I got too much at stake. Like yeah. all of a sudden, it's now more about, uh, you know, I need to fix it instead right. of I need to say it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that's, you know, that's probably, and, and or if I don't think I can fix it, well, then why say it? Then why even say it? You know, right? Because we, it's all about the outcome for us instead of, no, faithfulness is just saying it in love. Yeah. What, what, what I heard, what I hear you say is judge, being judgmental can be related to needing to control the outcome. Sure. Yeah, that's right. I think that's right. Judgmentalism and controlling people and others and the fear that might come out of that are all probably in the same sort of ballpark. Like yeah. I need you to be a certain way. You're not. So I'm judging you and I'm not. Now I need to correct you from that place. Mm. Um, which nobody, nobody responds well to that, which if that just doesn't feel like the world we live in right now, I need you to be different. Right. Um, in order so for, that I feel right. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a real, um, um, issue. Yeah. And so I think the, you know, if we're talking about what's judgmental and what's judgment rather, what is proper judgment and grace, that judgment can be gracious. I'm making a judgment that I believe is for you and gracious. I can share it in, you know, graciously and then graciously let you do whatever in your own time with you, between you and the Lord. Uh, and I can manage to admonish, you know, all those words that Paul uses that we ought to sometimes do to one another, correct, reprove, um, that that, if I can do that in a way that, hey, I've got log, that's, you know, whatever, it's gracious. And then I let go of it and walk away and you don't need to report back to me. Right. You know, I'm not your, you know, your boss or whatever. Right. Um, now, an, an interesting, for me at least, it's interesting in Luke, there's a version of the Sermon on the Mount on Luke uh, in which a lot of uh, what Jesus says is recorded the same way. And there's other, you know, just like all the uh, the, the synoptic gospels, some, some, some stuff is included in, both and some is just one. So it's different eyewitnesses recording it somewhat differently. Uh, not necessarily contradictory, but uh, you know, two two eyewitnesses seeing the same thing and they, you know, somebody might mention it's a red car and somebody just might say it's a car. Uh, but in Luke, it's it, the same passage, Luke 6, starting in verse 37, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for where the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And here's a slightly different look at yeah. the sense of it's not just uh, avoid the negative, right? Right. right. It's, uh, it's the, with the, with the generosity you live, generosity will be returned yeah. to you. And the idea is more than, you know, a full you know, pressed down, like the idea, I think, pressed down, shaken together. So it's like you put, I don't know, grain into a basket and you shake it and press it so you can get more in mm -hmm. there and then it's overflowing. So it's just like maximum full. And if that's the measure you use with people, that's the measure you will, you will tend to receive. Um, it's, it's a formulation, it seems like, of the golden rule. Yeah. Like judge not, you'd be judged. Now begins to maybe have a different light of... Uh, express judgment to other people in the way that you want them to express judgment mm -hmm, to you. Mm -hmm. And if this is not, so that's another angle. If I'm not saying it in a way that I would like to hear it or in the spirit that I would like to hear it, or 
with the stance that I want someone to say it to me in, well, that's another check on maybe this is coming from a bad place or a different place. Yeah. Uh, and it just seems like this basically for, is it for you? Yeah. They sense this is, I'm, I'm for you. Yeah. And, and, and I think of, um, there's the concept of putting yourself in the other person's position. What is it like to hear something about you that you may not be aware of that might be hard to hear? Right. And now how do you want to hear that? What tone, what would you, what would you want the person to do? Ask questions, mm -hmm. right. you know, give right. you the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. say, this is my side, but obviously I'd like to hear your side. Like right. how do you best yeah. respond to those places? And this comes back to, can we make people feel safe? And that doesn't mean we never say anything challenging, right? but we, even again, in crucial conversations, when people don't feel safe, they shut down or they attack. Mm -hmm. And so can we, have the conversation in such a way where they know, they trust, you're for me, mm -hmm. you love me. It's safe um, to hear what you have to it's, say. It's safe, it's safe to safe hear. for me to, he to tell you what, what's on my heart right. as well. And now we're really talking about whatever it is that's really on our heart. Yeah, and I think that that awareness of how might this be impactful to them. And I really love the positive side here in Luke. This is, uh, again, a, one of my uh, favorite ways Jesus talks about this because there is something... Uh, of a promise of a formulation here like if if you do this like mm -hmm. it comes back mm -hmm. right and we don't get to know how that comes back maybe right. it, maybe it does come back and from words of encouragement right. uh, from someone else maybe it's by you loving and being gracious with others your heart's just free right and yeah. you get to experience right. the uh, freedom mm -hmm. of a heart that doesn't judge mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a transactional thing. Like I give right. you some money, I'm right. gonna stand in front of you. Yeah, it's not but karma. But I can see why people right. talk about it that right. way. Right. Um, yeah, I think that then it seems if you put it, if you think of it in this light, it seems less unexpected. Like, oh yeah, okay. It's really just the golden rule. It's really just loving other people. That's mm -hmm. really what it's. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. love your neighbor as yourself is sort of. You know, all the law and the prophets hang on those those two commands to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, yeah, that's what this is. It's not being, of course, if I love you, I'm not going to be judgmental and condemning right. and harsh right. and whatever on top and control the outcome and all that uh, other stuff, all the stuff that I don't want someone uh, to do to me. Um, now, in Luke, it's interesting that um, he then expounds and he says, uh, the next verse after that, verse um, 39, he also, he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? I think that's the entire parable. Uh, a disciple <laughs> is not above his teacher, but it's a short parable. It's like uh, a two-sentence an answer, Right, two questions. <laughs> a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own, your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't in reading this again, it's sort of, oh yeah, that's where blind man leading a blind man comes from. Like, I don't know that we normally think of it in the sense of, you know, don't be judging and condemning to other people. Mm -hmm. like we don't, I don't think we, you know, I don't even, it's almost like a, 
I don't know, cultural proverb about, you know, here's two people who don't know what they're doing. It, it has become a culture cliche. <laughs> I don't know if people know it's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Bible. Well, look it at is, them. That's the blind leading the blind. It's basically the blind leading the blind is somebody with a log trying mm. to correct somebody with a spec. That, yeah. Right? That's a, like, it puts it right into context. Like, who are you? You're a blind man. What are you I doing? See, I see. I can get it. <laughs> yes. Hey, let me take the speck out of your own eye. Um, yeah. And I think there's this, that that is fundamentally, it's, it's, am I loving? And then also, am I honest about myself? Otherwise, I'm going to be a hypocrite. If I'm not honest, if I don't start with my own heart, I'm not honest about myself, then I don't see my law. I don't, I don't realize Okay, this could sound, this could sound kind of silly coming from me. Well, and and uh, to me, this is it will sound silly unless you realize the disproportionate nature of right. the log versus right. the spec, right? Which is no, so don't don't change your dial. <laughs> That's not the weed eater at your house. Yeah. I just have a little indigestion. <laughs> no, that's the blower who's blowing. That means they're yeah. about done with the lawn out there. We're uh, getting the lawn cut here at Calvary Church. We're getting the lawn Church. cut at Calvary Church. Things, things have yeah. to happen here too, folks. Right, and we're trying not to judge them. <laughs> Try not to have condemning thoughts in our hearts. <laughs> Don't you know we're yeah. shooting a podcast? All right. All right. right before this, Chad got rear-ended. I did. Yeah. I got in an accident. And so we had to postpone the, the podcast postpone, 30 minutes. We had to postpone. Do you I, think God doesn't want us to shoot today's podcast? Or is that the devil? I texted Chad, <laughs> judge not lest you be judged, brother. <laughs> I, I didn't judge her. <laughs> I didn't judge her. <laughs> it was an accident. There's a blind man driving behind the blind man. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, it was that poor teenager's first accident. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, all right. <laughs> poor 16-year-old teenager's yeah. first accident. Uh, poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> They're only going to have one a year from now on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Where were we? The uh, disproportionate nature. Yes. It will sound silly. Um, and this is a yeah, bit I comical. realize I have a law I realize, sticking out of my eye. I realize I, you know, I need, you know, such thick Coke bottle glasses to be able to see, but hey, you, you, yeah. got, you don't you, have you, good you vision. Have <laughs> Uh, but that's the thing. That is the the brilliance of Jesus' um, illustration here. Friends, you're going to inflate your virtue. Yeah. And you are going to inflate their flaws. Yeah. I'm, I don't do it like that, but look what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the disproportionate nature. My flaws are minimized. Their flaws are maximized. And, and, also, uh, relationally, my virtue is maximized and mm -hmm. their virtue is, and that's what, that's what this is about. Right. I see myself in a really positive light and I can't recognize that I have a two by four and I see them, you know, I don't see them clearly at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously we tend to justify all of the ways in which we're doing this, thinking this, saying that we have a reason for it. Uh, which makes it seem better to us or more acceptable to us, right? Yeah. Uh, other people are probably doing the same thing, but we don't hear their justifications. Of course, they don't hear ours. Right. So we seem to be clearly at fault to them, even though we've explained to ourselves why we're not, and then we go to correct them. Right. And that's the ridiculous nature of the situation. Yeah. And, you, and you do, and that's, you know, when you receive 
when someone has something to say to you, then I kind of have to remember that as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That yes, obviously, yes, obviously, this person is somewhat hypocritical, right? Because everybody, everyone's is. hypocritical. That doesn't mean they're wrong, right? It doesn't mean I don't have something to hear because that's another place that we go. Like, okay, who are you? Yes. We, yeah. yeah, we can become dis. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what about the receiving end? Yeah, how do I receive someone approaching me with some concern or some something about me? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I am prone to judging you, judging other people downhill, and then somebody comes to me, that's going to feel like I'm downhill yeah. with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I made a I made a resolution a long time ago, and I don't always hold it well, but I made this resolution of it doesn't matter who says it, who says it to me. What matters is like, okay, is it true? Yeah. Is what they even if they're angry about it, mm-hmm. is what they say to me, is there a measure of truth to it? What measure of truth to it? Like what does it teach me about me that I need to learn from them? Right. Regardless of where they're coming from or who they are. Even if they're unloving, even if they're harsh, even if they're critical right. and condemning. Right. Uh, is it partially right even? Yeah, is, is it even something, something there, right, right? Right, there's something there that I need and to... And maybe not. Maybe I think, okay, well, that's just not true, but mm-hmm. at least listen to it. You know, but on the on the other side of that, you know, we get uh, comment cards Yeah, here yeah. at Calvary. We yeah. get comment cards, yeah. and a lot of them are anonymous, and they're anonymously critical. And I remember one of my Romans professors uh, just saying, if you get an anonymous note, just don't read it. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it mm-hmm. because it's just, there's something there of the nature of, I don't know if I should be open to that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I always do though. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that same advice and I agree with it, but I always do. I always do read it. And then and you then judge it, them. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't, you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what to do. You don't exactly know what it means. Right. You know, it just sort of, if, a, if you get an anonymous critical note, it sort of translates roughly into, I don't like you. <laughs> Basically, that's it. I don't like you. I don't, I don't like the way y'all are doing this or you're doing yeah. this. Right. Yeah, but it's not, you can't, there's not much to do about that. Doesn't you invite can, dialogue. Right. You can, I don't know. What, so what do you want? I mean, what, yeah. what, what is better? What is helpful? What is whatever? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the, and I would say if I was going to leave a note, um, if I'm, if I don't want to put my name to it, then I'd have to ask, so what is like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why don't sure. I want to have a dialogue? Why not? Um, are we, and, ju- are we judging the anonymous comment writers? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, we are. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying I yes, got a log in my eye. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. Right. It doesn't like, I dialogue. would never do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that's the, the you, the, you receive it as I'm not sure this isn't even meant to result in some improvement. Right. And so I don't know what to do with it. And then we, but we can do the verbal equivalent or whatever of, they feel like this is not even meant to help. Yeah. I do think that's fair. Like you're bad. Some comments are just mean, like not, I'm not talking about that anymore. Just in general, some comments are just mean comments. They're just aimed to hurt you. And you, and sometimes you do have to just dismiss those things. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? You, right. Right. There's nothing constructive to respond to. So, um, you know, you just say, bless your heart. Bless you. God bless you. God bless your heart. Um, (laughs) Okay. A little tangent. Bring us back. (laughs) Yes. So, um, okay. So judgmentalism, bad. 
sí. condemning people bad. <laughs> I do think sometimes then we, we, you know, if this, as we've talked about this, there's sort of this overcorrection motif where we overcorrect from puritanicalism to, hey, live and let live, to now we've snapped back to outrage or shaming culture. I think sometimes in the church, we, we don't want to be judgmental, uh, almost to the point that we lose the thread on what holiness is or yeah. what holiness is supposed to be. Because yeah. we don't want to be uptight. Right. And we shouldn't be. We don't want to be judgmental. You don't want to be legalist like we, we talked about. We don't want to be legalist and we shouldn't ago. be. But what do we do then do about the call to be holy? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. Um, but I think about Jesus. And in all of these conversations, I think what is unexpected is Jesus didn't, he didn't come across judgmental. Mm -hmm. He didn't come across condemning. He loved people. And yet he told the truth. Um, I think that's probably how he balanced. Well, I, I can say this because I know it's coming from a place of, I might have to give you tough medicine, mm -hmm. but I love you. Right. And I want the best for you. Right. And I think you can, he can do that. And so the same thing for our relationship to him. Um, but I think I, if I could reduce it down to this, just take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Holiness, true holiness, and and it's about you becoming Christ-like, and I have a lot of work to right. do. Right, so I don't need to manage your holiness. Right, right. But I don't need to minimize my need to uh, look at my own lack of it and what how I, what do I need to let go of and what do I need, God, you know, how do I need to invite, invite uh, Christ in, into my heart to... to uh, increase my holiness in hebrews 12 14 uh, the writer says make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord and i think of words sort of from a judgmental framework that sounds like a scary verse yeah uh but i think he's saying the only holiness you're going to get is from the it's a gift Holiness is, is a gracious gift. We get Christ's holiness credit. So there's this already not yet, like we're already credited yeah. fully with Christ's holiness. We're not yet living like up to that standard, nor yeah. will we in our lifetime. And so it's this sort of good news, bad news mm. situation where the, you know, the bad news is I'm not living up to the holiness I'm called to live, but the good news is I have Christ's holiness credited to my account. Mm -hmm. And that's, Uh, also, the bad news, if I want to feel like my own holiness is, is you know, growing, like mm -hmm. if I want to be like, I'm doing pretty good in holiness. Right. You know, the only, you know, the perfection uh, of holiness is that I need for heaven is because it's Jesus's holiness in me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of that place of, again, desperate for grace, desperate for redemption desperate for Christ's holiness is a hard then place to be condemning yeah. for other people. And therefore, I guess the converse, if I'm condemning of other people, I'm, I'm forgetting something. That's good. Right. Yeah. If I don't, if I'm not in tune with my need for grace, I'm going to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. The converse, like you said, if I am coming across this way, I probably don't know the depths of my own sin, right. the depths of my own Uh, mixed motive heart, as we even talked about mm -hmm. uh, recent podcast, um, and I probably need to take a long time to to stare at the log in my own eye to say, right. okay, search me and know me, right. search me and know me, and um, as much as I can handle, mm -hmm. I trust you to 
to dose out. I, I think, too, people can be self-judgmental. That's where this comes from. You can, can, you can be self-condemning, and if you're self-condemning, it's, the internal conversation you're having is going to come out. Right. And um, so I think uh, we never, we don't, you can't get judged into the kingdom. You can't right. get judged into transformation. Right. You, don't, you don't judge yourself or others into holiness. Right. Um, I'm reminded of the verse of it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. It's grace that transforms. Right. The surprising nature of acceptance in the middle of my, you know, being mm-hmm. judgmental that softens my heart and says, oh, I don't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. I can be a different way, mm-hmm. uh, completely free. Yeah, so it strikes me that you, we need to have a healthy view of our own sin in order to appreciate grace and holiness. And by a healthy view, I mean an accurate, so I can be overly condemning, like there's no hope for me, and that's a silly thing to say, right. like God's grace is not big enough. Right. Or I can have an overly optimistic, and that also diminishes God's grace. I need God's grace less. An honest view is I, I fall way short, but... Uh, the holiness that I need is is you know made sufficient yeah. in Christ more than I ever know, and God is not as eager as I think sometimes to point it all out to me. Right, that's right. <laughs> He's gracious right. in that. It's He's like gracious. oh my goodness, that's right. It's a good thing. Um, and so to be Christ-like is to not is to follow that lead and not yeah. be judgmental, bringing us back full circle. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, that's where we'll end it this week um, as we continue in our Jesus unexpected. Uh, in, in the in the following weeks, um, I think I would I am contemplating uh, what you know the fullness of holiness will look like uh, in me by God's grace, and uh, that I think is an exciting and daunting picture uh, that uh, I am waiting to see Christ fulfill in me. Yeah, I, I am I am being surprised over and again, um, especially with the Sermon on the Mount of the scalpel uh, of grace and truth that Jesus uses to get to the human heart. Yeah, um, and uh, impacting me in, yeah. in really good ways. Yeah. So we'll, we'll end it there. We uh, hope you have a great week and uh, rest in God's grace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.